We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Hi, I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we're the hosts of Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. Join us as we argue about whether or not McGonagall would meow at Dumbledore. She wouldn't. As we ponder just how much Harry's fortune is worth. Just $40. As we guess how much mileage one gets out of an Ollivander wand. 100,000 jinxes. As we detail the ins and outs of Hogwarts Castle. It's only a model. Join us Monday through Friday, only from DuelingGenre.com. Mischief Managed. Dueling Genre. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a great story, except when we don't, and this is one of those weeks. We're being joined by special guest Kirsta Christensen. Hello! And I am Joe Dorowski. And I'm Todd Mack. And we're playing a little game that we're going to go ahead and call Hitchcock Musical, because we didn't think of any better name, and that's <laughs> that's the seed of this idea, was Hitchcock Musical. So, to explain the game, uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Kirsa about coming on for a special episode when we were going to play a game, and I said, basically, we don't know what game we're going to play. And then, at the end of that conversation, I said, I have to run and go record a double recording with Todd, where one episode is going to be Singing in the Rain, and the other one is North by Northwest. And Kirsha said, oh, Singing in the Northwest. And then the idea of a Hitchcock musical... <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't exist which does not exist got stuck in my head and so the game hitchcock musical is going to involve producer andrew drawing a genre from a hat and then a creator that is well known for a specific style of storytelling from the other hat and then we're just gonna brainstorm out kind of what that might look like and when we talk about creator it could be a uh, an author who has a very well-known oeuvre in which they operate or it could be a filmmaker that kind of has the style with which we associate them like a hitchcock and hopefully the genre that gets drawn is not a match for what they are most <laughs> <of them. laughs> in which case we'll just redraw right away quietly you'll just hear you'll just hear some hey, andrew edit this out <laughs> and then, then we'll redraw uh, and, and that's basically it. So any other preamble that you guys think we need to cover? Do we need to lay down anything for like, um, like, is it meant to be in the creator's medium or are we dealing with film? Oh, so is like, this, if, is if you it, draw like, an do we author. Lean, yeah. Do you lean towards the creator's medium or do you lean to, towards the genre? Some of the genre stuff does say you know, film or. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause you have like something. a novel. that's also a musical. Yeah. That, that would not work. Right. So <laughs> well, we do figure... we just kind of balance it out? Unless, yeah. it, unless it's written by Patrick Rothfuss, then it would totally work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, uh, I think we'll just work this out. Now we've yeah. played this kind of game previously. I think last Halloween special was the most uh, specifically we're drawing something out of a hat style special. Yeah. I think that was the first time. It might be the only time we've, that we've done just the straight up drawing out out from a hat. hat. Uh, and it seemed to work out then. So hopefully it'll work out today, but. Again, we're drawing stuff from a hat, so yeah. we don't know quite know what we're going to get. And there's there's 12 um, categories in each hat, so potentially, like, what does that mean? Like 144 possible scenarios? Don't do math on the um, <laughs> <laughs> But I figure we're probably looking to get through, like, four or five. We got through four the last time we did drawings from a hat. Okay. So I think it would actually be 12 factorial, not 12 squared. <laughs> But we won't do math on the air. Never, never do math. <laughs> a very important question. Are these the same hats that you use in Halloween? Um, one of them for sure is. Okay. One of them may not be. Okay. 
What kind um, of hats are they? Could you? I, I one need a one is the Indiana Jones hat, and one is okay. my like my typical go to wear on my head hat. But that's that's not really descriptive for the listener. <laughs> yeah, but but last time I think I had like Indiana Jones these. So Disney. one is the Indiana Jones hat, and the other is a top hat. Is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> With an attached monocle, it's a little string coming out of, yes. out of its fetter. I will. I will just let listeners imagine what they think producer Andrew wears as his like typical going out hat. Um, okay, uh, Kirsten as it's the guest. Snoopy's. Uh, it's Snoopy's Red Baron hat. <laughs> it's a pilot's cap. Yeah. All right, Kirsten, pick one from from each hat. And... I'm starting to doubt whether it would actually be twelve factorial. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Never do math on the air. <laughs> Okay, we have a Buster Keaton sports film. Oh, he did do a football one, I think. I actually, I, I do think that sounds correct, but it's totally, I, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, like like Buster Keaton and sports, which means we're probably dealing with silent film because it's Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for any listeners who don't know, if you think of silent film, you usually think of Charlie Chaplin, the next most famous, uh, famous uh, comedian of that era was... Uh, Buster Keaton, who was known as the great stone face because he his comedy was built on um, insane physical situations that he never reacted to. Like his face was always just uh, like I it just sort of like, oh, OK, yeah, just a, a straight <laughs> yeah. face, no emotion on it. And that was part of the comedy was that lack of emotion. And so his physicality spoke volumes. Yes. Yeah. Like you can still kind of imagine a like Keystone cops uh, or Charlie Chaplin esque physical comedy of the silent era. Um, it, it, I mean, obviously there's gonna be a different nuance to it. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of crazy situations, falling off of buildings, um, um, things blowing down around him. He, uh, one of his most iconic gags was um, walking out of a building and then the front of the building falling down. Yes. And he was standing in oh, the, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. window that That's just the barely fell over. He, yeah. I mean, Without the the like martial arts element, Jackie Chan is is like a modern day Buster Keaton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And and also Buster Keaton broke like everything in his yes. body. Oh. Yeah. The, the, uh, most famously, when he was doing the general, there's a gag where he's on what you know those water towers that old timey trains ha- would fill up from, and he was holding onto the chain, and it swung out, and all the water washed over him, and he fell down on the tracks, and it cracked some of the vertebrae in his neck, but he finished this like he jumped up and finished the scene and the gags. <laughs> Everything. Okay, okay, so we got so a Buster Keaton do, sports film. What yeah. sport? So is it going to be a is it going to be a sport that existed at the time of silent film? Well, I was just Quidditch? wondering because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was leaning towards baseball, but I lean towards baseball for sports films in general. And we and and it needs to be a sports a sport that has potential for physical comedy. Yeah, like yeah. physical activity, mm-hmm. moving around a lot. Which again, I think baseball. Yeah, Is there any ba- way that we could have a Buster Keaton film, like uh, a la The Artist or something, that is made in, in modern times, in t- with- 2018, with like <laughs> a modern? I don't know. I just I'm I'm wondering if we can bring Buster Keaton to us, or does it have to be I, made? I mean, we have that option. Yeah, for the, for this game, we're we're throwing spaghetti against the wall, Todd. So let's throw that okay. noodle up there. 
and see. Yeah, it could be somebody if, that's emulating Buster Keaton. What if Keaton. it involved a whole bunch of different sports somehow? It was what if like he was what at I, the Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like Buster Keaton at the Olympics, and he keeps ending up in situations. And and I should say I'm I'm more familiar with Charlie Chaplin than Buster Keaton, so I might be leaning a little bit more towards mm-hmm. that. But like you know, he accidentally ends up beneath the horses that are doing like that are like you know doing the jumps or whatever, and the then he accidentally off. ends up like like he keeps being in the middle of things and kind of trying to okay, run around. So under the this javelin case, field. Yeah. In this case, yes, 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 not yes, yes. actually a participant in the sports, but he is around all the sports. Right. Yes. Right. And I summer say, Olympics like, or Winter Olympics. It feels like summer. I think both. Well, yeah, there could be a sequel. There's... It's so popular. There's obviously going to be a ready-made sequel. Mm-hmm. But and I then think... he goes to the X Games, and then he goes to <laughs> a World, the World Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was going to say though, for like the difference between a Chaplin and a Buster Keaton, when I imagine them, like say they wandered onto the Javelin field, like Chaplin is hyper aware of everything that's going on, and he's frantically running, you know, with the skittering feet to try and get away mm-hmm. from them. And Buster Keaton just is wandering around, completely yes. oblivious, and the javelins are falling near him and always just missing him as, as he walks around. I mean, he it's, he he's aware at some point. I, yeah, no, but, but then I, he can't he yeah. can't evade it. He's not mm-hmm. he's right. he doesn't become frantic. Yeah. Um, okay, Buster so Keaton why take, takes a lot in stride? <laughs> why is he at the Olympics? Spectator, or maybe he has some I mean, job it, that's related actually, to the Olympics. I, I very much am thinking of the general where it's just kind of a mistake that he gets into all of these situations. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's it's, it's like he walks in a wrong door when he's looking for the bathroom. And ends what, if up he on just, the what if he just happens to live in the place where the Olympics are? He doesn't even know that the Olympics are going on. <laughs> And he's just and so he's just like going through his regular day. Oh, oh, oh! Yes. So, so the first we see his daily routine, <laughs> yes. and then we see him go through his daily routine again. And, and so he's like, and they're like setting up for the Olympics, right? And he's like walking along the path, and then like the horses are jumping over him at the end, and then he's like walking, you know, and, and he kind of like, oh, it's kind of a boring day, you know. And he goes, yeah. And so and so he's in he's in the he's in like the marathon and the javelin and the and the you know the discus and everything. Uh, the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I think this totally works. And mm-hmm. it it fits for the style that you see in silent films where like the situations are just completely absurd, but you just go along with it, mm-hmm. you know? It, and, and because all the athletes are in the Olympics, they just keep going with it too, because this is their one chance to do whatever. Yeah, they're not going to stop because there's some bozo on the course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit. I know you, you know this. I don't know if um, Kirsten Todd, no, but there's the comedy special where he talks about, it's like, I have a place in the Olympics. They need a regular guy okay. yes. <laughs> just to like show the comparison. Like they're all of these sprinters are running very, very fast. You need a regular person to show <laughs> right. just how much faster they are than you. Than the it's average like, human. It's than like when they have, have pictures with like the size of an average person for scale or something, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the speed of an average person for scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's uh, Ryan Hamilton's happy face, which I know we've mentioned mentioned before in the podcast, but it is a very funny bit when he says, like, like everything is so spectacular. We, we don't understand how great these humans are because they're all there you mm-hmm. know at that level um yeah and so buster keaton could kind of accidentally become that normal bystander does <laughs> does he accidentally win anything no i don't it doesn't I, I, that doesn't feel right because most of these I, I almost don't feel like he's actually participating in the events right. the right. events are happening around him right. and he, and it's chaos around him that he's kind of choosing to just still stick to his routine in yeah so what's the what's the big i mean so that's like that's kind of like the conflict is is all the crazy stuff going around him where he keeps almost getting hurt. What's the big, what's the payoff at the end? What mm-hmm. is, I, I mean, I do if, feel like, Oh, go ahead, Todd. No, I was just going to say, what if, what if, um, what if there were like, he, he's on a journey, like he has to go from point A to point B mm-hmm. and in going from point A to point B, he has to go through 
where all of these events have been placed in his mm-hmm. in his normal path. So normally he yeah. would just walk there, but now so he, he goes through all these things. Legitimately have an objective. Yeah, so he's moving towards that something. He's moving towards, yeah. I don't know. Okay, what, but what that could be. But but we had him doing his regular daily routine to kind so of grasp it. Yep, yep. So is it just he needs to get to work or does he need to get home from work or maybe he well maybe he does his regular routine, but maybe he's like waiting at the train station for someone, like for mm-hmm. you know, for for his wife to come home or for someone. Yeah, there needs to be like something important. It's like no, oh, I have I to like get he, to he was I, going to court and, and he's trying to get to oh, okay, home. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's trying to yeah. get yeah. to his date. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end she asks him how his day was and he's like, Oh, it's actually pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I think that works. So yeah. there's a romantic element that mm-hmm. is like, he needs to get to the other side of all of the Olympic. Right. Everything, right. all of the event um, spaces in order to meet his date on time. Mm-hmm. And so okay. he's dressed up nice and he's going to get all tousled and dirty and everything in the course of it. And he's going to lose the flowers that he's got for. Well, and maybe, okay. And maybe instead of, maybe instead of having to go through his daily routine, we just see, we see objects that are, that are everything he has to do. So maybe he has like a to-do list or he has a letter. So he has to go like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, you know, the. You, you ha- know, he has to get to these steps. Right. So right. he has to so, pick up the flowers. Yeah. He has to pick up the to- flowers. He has to go, he has to go mail the letter. He has to go do this. He has mm-hmm. to go to the, you know, to the grocery store, whatever. Um, And so then you see him go through and do all these things in the middle of, of, you know, and it's, and it's like, you know, Olympics come to, you know, this tiny city or something or this tiny town. Like, it's ridiculous that you have people in in horses who are, like, jumping over just picket fences and whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay. I like that. Can we pick, like, three gag sequences? So, like, mm-hmm. pick an Olympic event and this is... I mean, Buster Keaton will build a 10-minute sequence yeah. around it. We need to pick what's going to be the best canvas for this. I, mean, I, th- I think the one that we already mentioned kind of right off the bat is him on the javelin field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. And but so, I feel like that's a short one. I don't feel like what is he trying to, he just have to so make his way all the way through the stadium. So, so oh. all of the track and field general events. Yeah, and what is he trying? Got, go ahead. Or what is he trying to do as he makes his way? Like what, like what um, errands or what, what. For me, I see uh, the, the, the best moment of the, the javelin field. Would, he's already got the flowers and he's walking around and the flowers get taken out by a javelin like, in his hand. <laughs> and he just looks down with his stone face. Like, and, and then like looking around. And then he like, just sees the javelin in front of him. <laughs> and, and again, like not shock because that's yeah, the Buster right, Keaton thing. Right. Is it's just complete like, straight like, face, like just looking this down sort of stuff at his hand, then over at the javelin mm-hmm. and the flowers on the ground. And maybe he bends down to try and get them off the javelin. Another javelin like drops down right where he was. <laughs> where he was standing up, but it goes down behind his back because he's bent over. What if yeah. instead of instead of having there be a specific goal in the stadium, he just is um, in his in his going wherever it is that he's going to the post office or the the grocery mm-hmm. store or whatever. He, there's so many throngs of people that he just gets sort of he, he, yeah, carried he gets away in the in, crowd. And then, and then all like, of a sudden he's like, go oh my goodness, he's, uh, here I am in the stadium. Yeah, or he could get turned around. You know, there's yeah. like, there's like someone directing traffic or something. He's got the flowers. He's, he's distracted. Yeah, and like then his, someone just turns him and he starts going the direction. He's blocked yeah. off. But okay. then somebody thinks he's got a ticket to get in with the crowd. And so he gets or, funneled in. Right. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he was going to cross the street and the cops are stopping anyone from crossing the street because mm-hmm. the marathon's going to come mm-hmm. through and he gets spun around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, there's a the lot. Marathon, in, in, the marathon the keeps marathon. spinning him around. Every time yeah. he tries to go yeah. somewhere, so like this track is just masses of marathon people. And, and he finds himself walking now to the into the next event that he's not supposed to yeah. get. Yeah, 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 like he gets funneled into the stadium with the marathon and then and he I, just walks off the 
off the track and into the into the field. And I like the idea of doing the track and field events or like the decathlon or whatever, mm-hmm. because that's like a set series mm-hmm. of events. I mean, like like the other ones would be fun, but that's like that's like a, a smaller set. And so it's funnier that he goes through all then, of them. And then somebody has to like slide him into line for the high jump or the pole vault or something. Mm-hmm. And and they just like hand him the pole and start pushing him down the pole vault <laughs> track. And he just goes with it. <laughs> and then he lands and then he just walks off and he and he, you know, picks up some flowers from, mm-hmm. from somebody's like, well, I'll use these and moves on. <laughs> he takes flowers from the winter circle. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh, well, there's a ton of flowers right here. I'll just grab one of those. Oh, man. I like um, okay. So we've got one gag for, for track and field. Okay. Um, I like the I idea of the horses. They, yeah. I okay, think, I think the horses. The, the horses um, so dressage probably. Do we want anything in water? I was thinking about water. Yeah. I think maybe rowing or something. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, but also in the horses area, maybe out in that area is also where they have archery yeah. or or the shooting range. Or I feel like oh, I like yeah. archery, archery, but I feel like it's a little bit too close to the javelin. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem I was having with it. Um, but some what are the other like larger outside the stadium field type events? So there's like the horses. There's a shot put. Um, uh, high I don't jump, know that long this jump. would have existed when the era we're talking about, but we I, moved it. Him on a short track BMX race when they're like sideways from they're going so fast. <laughs> oh, like the, the biking, the short yeah, track yeah the short track biking. Oh yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I know it's a more modern event, but uh, seeing a spectator on that track would be terrifying. <laughs> well, okay, but what if he's like, well, I'll just borrow this bike to get to where I need to go. <laughs> um, you got rowing, and you've got all the swimming events, and you've got diving. Oh, diving seems. Yeah, there's rowing, there's swimming, rowing, swimming, diving. Diving might have something. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, yeah. yes. Gymnastics would be really the funny. Gymnastics is, yeah, kind of the same thing where he just kind of gets funneled into the building mm-hmm. and, I would and just, has yeah. to go through all the events. I get to see him walking like in between the high and low bar of mm-hmm. a routine. And every time he walks by, the person flips yes. by past him. Yes. They're <laughs> swinging over. And, <laughs> and he just has the timing down to walk right right through it. Yeah, yes. or someone's doing someone's doing flips over him on the floor routine. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. So gymnastics. He ends up on the balance beam somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we got the gymnastics. We still haven't settled like the horses field rowing. Yeah. Some of the like those outdoor. Well, because we need to find a way. He needs to either want to go in the water or we have to find a way for him to like accidentally get into the water. He could like accidentally end up on a boat. For for rowing? Yeah. Yeah. Like one of those like. um... He's like the collar. The, the person with the with the speaker <laughs> yes, at the front. Yes. And, um, and that's how he gets across the river. Because usually he takes the bridge. Right. But it's blocked off for the marathon. Right. So he's like, well, maybe I can just get on this boat. And then everyone else gets on the boat. Right. And and so he's stuck with the with the, the speaker. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to like walk between people. But I don't think that works on No, what I, what I was going to say is I don't think uh, he's on one boat the entire time. Like he's skipping yes. from boat to mm-hmm. boat. Like Frogger, but sure. with boats. Sure. Yeah, he's trying to get across the river by jumping. Sure. Mm-hmm. But he no, but he shouldn't even notice the boats. It should be again like mm-hmm. he, you know, he's distracted and then he's just walking on the boats and mm-hmm. or maybe minimally notices them. But I mean, I was gonna say I, I don't know that there's any physical way to pull this off. <laughs> but at the same time, when I watch silent films, I'm like, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. Is a pretty common reaction that yeah. I have. If he could um, run across the pool by skipping from one swimmer's back to the next, <laughs> going across <laughs> the lake. <laughs> no, 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 no. It should be synchronized swimming. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. And he's stepping. He's, <laughs> he's walking across. And they're like carrying him across and <laughs> yeah. doing their thing. <laughs> he ends up with a little bathing cap on. <laughs> oh, an old-timey yeah. swim cap. Yes. I want okay. him up on the high dive 
You know, like the the really high dive. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I don't know if he should like almost go off, like Chaplin almost yeah, 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 going yeah, yeah, off, yeah. The, all, off the balcony, or if he just goes off. I can't, I mean, no, I, I I like him almost going off. Almost going off. At the same yeah. time, with Keaton, I could also see him like going off and just the camera following him down and him not reacting to the fact that he's in free fall <laughs> would be pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And like, it would be great if he could fall out, off like, of that and end up somehow not falling in the water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that that's possible, but at the same time, again, in silent films, so many things that are not possible happen regularly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I do have to point out that this does not follow the plot arc of the stereotypical sports film. This is no. a this is a film yeah. with sports in it, yes. Yes. but not necessarily a sports film. Yeah, so film. this is not necessarily what I had in mind when I wrote sports film, mm-hmm. thinking about things like, Field of Dreams or right. Rudy, <laughs> but we got Buster yeah. Keaton in right, sports, right. and I feel yeah. like if if the studio told Buster Keaton, "Hey, do something with sports," mm-hmm. he's going to go for the comedy and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Like you said, I think there is a football one, yeah, for him, mm-hmm. but it's not one of his best known ones. Yeah. Okay, I like I, this. I think we've uh, I, I think we've really come onto something here. Like it, it's cracked. Mm-hmm. It's not you know completely written, but. Some of it, I mean, it's Buster Keaton comedy. It kind of writes itself. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you um, this. Mm-hmm. Is there any way, if this were made today, is there any actor alive today that could pull this off? Ooh. Like a good deadpan. I mean. A physical comedy. It, it doesn't work right now. But for deadpan comedy modern era, I do go to Bill Murray. But it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, phys- yeah. the physicality of this doesn't work yeah. for modern, you know, current Bill Bill Murray. Um, I mean, it would Offerman, have to be somebody that's incredibly were several years athletic. younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like incredibly athletic like tom cruise level crazy athletic right and i can't think of anybody who's willing to i, like, mean, I can only think of that. jackie chan yeah 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 jackie chan silent film where <laughs> but even jackie chan, <laughs> chan the olympics in beijing or something anymore or it is some yeah. i don't know yeah. he's the only one that i can think of yeah i don't think there is a new jackie chan Mm-mm. um you know, stunt, do his own stunts, get out there, do all of the crazy athletic stuff kind of guy. Right. And Tom now. Cruise. I mean, and also right now we, we don't do physical comedy this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, like everything is so edited and, and CGI has, I mean, Jackie Chan did it because CGI couldn't pull off mm-hmm. what he needed to do. And now it can. Okay. So, so I think we're at, we have trouble like placing someone, an actor who does this because we, this kind of physical comedy is kind of out of style. At the well, and there, I mean, there, I think there are some directors who are known for doing things practically as much as possible, but they're not working in comedy for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. So I, I can't if we think have, of any. If we have comedy, comedy directors making horror films, we could have, you know, somebody else making <laughs> comedy. <laughs> you know what? Um, I feel like, I feel like. A little bit. This might be up. Um, a little bit. Simon Pegg's alley. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I could see that. Or yeah. Um, if not Simon Pegg, but um, uh, the director he's always working with uh, Edgar Wright. Ed- right. Edgar right, Wright right, right. for the, yeah, for the visual style. Saying. I could see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Absolutely. And working. Edgar Wright actually would be able to kind of convincingly make it seem like a Buster Keaton kind of mm-hmm. um, physicality mm-hmm. without actually doing it. He would very intentionally make it look like. Yeah. This might be practical because, like, like the the because Edgar Wright did Baby Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the stuff that he actually pulled off and the way he wrote it so that it could be 
practically pulled off is the level of of practical effects that you would need for this kind yeah, of film. He's, he's a very like tactile practical. Right. It's just it's just that he's not working in comedy. Yeah. Or at least well, or that well, film. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that film is not in yeah. comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But okay. I think his style would definitely work. That would that would be yeah. the best fit so good, far. Yeah. Good call. Okay. All right, should um, we move on to the next hat update? I now think it's twelve times twelve times eleven times eleven times ten times ten, etc. Which would be <laughs> Don't do so, it. So don't, now don't. twelve factorial <laughs> times, right? Because it two? changes. It changes how many times every time you pull one. Right, out. right, and that's only if you think the sequence is important and not the separate pairs. And I can't. I don't want to get into the like. I like half the time I'm like, okay, focus on what they're saying. Nope, nope. The math. The, the math is still yeah. in my head. So, so I'm done with it. And if a reader wants to write in and give us. The, the rest of it, that's map. fine. Yes. Side note, a reader could also write in with the actor that we best suited for oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know what? For, uh, I mean, we were thinking about her game, but Melissa McCarthy does this kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think. Now she doesn't have, obviously, like the athleticism, uh, the athleticism but I could see her completely yeah. walking around a javelin field yeah. <laughs> and, and doing her thing. But like the high dive part with the athleticism is maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, though, I feel like. Like like with Buster Keaton, you know, maybe maybe that's just what he had, and so that's what the film brought to it. Because she mm-hmm. is someone who's very physically committed to the comedy, mm-hmm. and so maybe you would just work the comedy around around her style and what yeah. she's committed to. You know, yeah. Buster Keaton runs and jumps a lot, right? But that's because right. he was you know ready to do that, right? Okay, we have silent film subtype action and. <laughs> Ken Burns. <laughs> so for silent film subtype action, because there is in the hat silent film subtype comedy, that's the difference between Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. So silent film action. So the kind, swashbuckling, the kind of, the, yeah, the things that you saw. What was the the singing cavalier, or yeah, what was it called? The the, the in, in singing in the rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, was the, it, or was it the dancing cavalier. dueling cavalier. cavalier? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, the actiony Robin Hood, Zorro, swashbuckling kind mm-hmm. of actiony thing, and Ken Burns. Okay, so we're trying. <laughs> well, and, and let's and like for people not familiar with with Ken Burns, you poor the people. documentarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's well known. So he did a he did a Civil War documentary in the nineties nineties, um, and and uh, one of the things he pioneered was like how to how to bring kind of static images to kind of make them bring them to life because mm-hmm. you can't you know because he didn't do any reenactment it was just talking heads and then like music and reading letters and 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 he did the yeah and he and he pioneered the sort of ken burns pan which is like you take a you take a a photo and you zoom in on one of the people and then you like pan over and at the very very end you have like the person you're talking to or Mm -hmm. the the event that you're looking at or something and a lot of voiceover narration of (laughs) uh, like no reenactments but like actors reading the actual letters from these (laughs) civil war veterans as when you can match up an image most ideally Yeah. yeah yeah That's going to be very difficult for a silent action <laughs> film. <laughs> okay, so what if you did... Um, okay, I, I have two thoughts here, and neither of them is um, complete. But <laughs> So on the one hand, you could have a documentary that's a silent documentary, where instead of people talking, you have uh, like the, the cards with the words written mm-hmm. on them. Yeah, so someone um, just looks sad, and you have the cards or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, and maybe the documentary is about uh, the silent the era Cavalier. of action films. 
or, or about a specific silent era adventure film, like where we're going all in to tell the backstory because it had some crazy production history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would, be, medium, um, it would be like a Lost, in, Lost in La Mancha. So it's the silent version of Lost in La Mancha. Or, or what's the Apocalypse Now documentary that's supposed to be better than Apocalypse Now? Uh, uh uh hearts of darkness hearts of darkness yeah about the making of apocalypse now and apparently uh-huh. the making of apocalypse now is crazier than the movie apocalypse now <laughs> yeah I'm, like this is a tough scenario like, yeah, because yeah. ken burns is like exclusively documentary mm-hmm. style and and it's a very distinctive documentary style mm-hmm. and we're saying okay now don't make a documentary mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or or how do you make a documentary but make it something else yeah, I yeah I, here we're not. It's like we could do a documentary about something, but it would be hard to. Uh, okay, I, I mean, I okay, feel like I'm we're breaking the premise of the game. So I'm thinking about in um in the show Community, they did pillows and blankets. They did pillows and blankets, which <laughs> is a it's an episode <laughs> of a comedy that is at once telling the story mm-hmm. that you need to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. in the story to resolve. The situation that they're in. Yeah. Um, and it's couched as a Ken, Ken Burns documentary. So if we say the documentary is about this Fairbanksian adventure character mm-hmm. who's going from point A to B, point B. So he has to get from point A of, you know, I don't know a lot of Douglas Fairbanks style adventures, but mm-hmm. swash, swashbuckling adventure, you know, he has to, um, you know, his life is starting out at X and then he has to get revenge and rescue the princess and, you know, save the day and, and defeat the evil count and then get back to home. And so you have that story and the the documentary is just telling how that story happens, Mm -hmm. but then it's silent film. I'm still not sure how to get action yeah, because Ken Burns right. does not reenact. No, and, and he's also so well known for his voiceovers that it, I don't know how to do so that. So do you have to have, you know, the other characters in the story, like narrating moments of the story, like you focus in on a character mm-hmm. and you have the, the black and white um, dialogue boxes. And this person's, you know, telling the story about how they knew the main yeah. character. So it's before. like guard number seven. <laughs> I survived guards one through six. Didn't let me tell you about yeah, it's what like, happened this crazy night. In, and, and then there's like a photograph and it's doing the pan of mm-hmm. like this chandelier swinging sword fighting. <laughs> My dearest Eliza. Today I was guarding the prison and this crazy guy came. Yeah. And we got in a, a glorious sword text fight. On screen. So, so you have text on screen. You occasionally have intercut with footage of a character just talking straight to the camera. <laughs> and then you'll also have text on screen intercutting with the Ken Burns like zoom and pan of a still frame of, of a swashbuckler swinging from a chandelier. So yes. I I have to say that going back to community, one of the best things about that is that they're they're reading aloud their text messages to each other <laughs> and they read aloud their emojis. Yes. <laughs> it's like unicorn heart unicorn. <laughs> I mean I was gonna say this is impossible. Once you said community, I just realized like they just mashed every yeah, nothing is impossible. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so something could work. And I thought well, Kirsten, this was a really rough draw <laughs> two hats that you did, but I'm kind of liking where we're landing. Mm-hmm. Though, Andrew, instead of um, them talking to the camera, I think we need to say some still images of a guy with glasses painting the uh, the text boxes oh. that are be showing up on camera next. 
<laughs> like a guy, you know, just imagine the artist with his glasses down on the end of his nose and the, the paintbrush. And it, it's like it, a slow a zoom in. Studio. Yeah, and it's a slow zoom in onto the panel that he's doing. And then that's the next panel that shows up on the screen. <laughs> Not for every panel, but occasionally. <laughs> yes. And then, okay. yes, it's, it's uh, yeah, like Todd was saying, like the, the crazy man showed up and he killed these five other guards. Uh, I was only wounded. And then we see like a slow zoom in of like a shoulder wound happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm liking this. It's, it's still tough. Yeah. But are there people reading no those action. things or are there, so that like we're, we're actually having voiceovers? No, no, no. Only having voiceovers. It's, it's only it's right now. The, the constraints that we made for ourselves, Todd, <laughs> is that this must be a completely and, silent but, film. But then, you know, you have like four text boxes, and then at the end, it's just like dash guard number six. <laughs> um, and so you know, awesome. oh, he's been saying the last three text boxes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Because that's that's in the Ken Burns, you know, and then like uh, maybe a date and a, a location. Uh, well, and I think also like thinking back to the way these, uh, Silent Era, like a lot of these films were like, 20 minutes total yeah and so, so we, we don't have to it doesn't have much. to be his whole uh his whole life story it could just be this is him breaking out you know the the prisoner from the, oh, okay from so like the, the name the name of the film is you know the escape from you know castle whatever uh-huh and it's just about how the prisoner escaped swinging on the chandeliers injuring guards um he stole something valuable and then he got out yes i like that yeah, okay. so it's, it's it's a little more contained, and uh, we only have the you know a dozen text boxes mm-hmm. you know that are up, and and but it is these reminisces as though this is something that it's that, a, it's a big event, and so they're telling the history of this or, event. or uh, like some of them might be the letter, like the letter home from the guard, and then another one is like the official report from the <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> from the prison warden, and it, and it downplays a lot of stuff. <laughs> And then at the end it says official report. <laughs> yes, I, I, but it's downplaying it. But then the visual of the the again, it has to just because Ken Burns. I think it needs to just be these still daguerreotypes yeah. that are being panned across are like mm-hmm. showing that he's lying <laughs> in his official report. <laughs> and and if it's like, taking, go ahead. If, and if it's taking like four panels to get the person's narration, then you have to break up the zoom into four pieces. Like you start to zoom, then you cut to the to cut the text. You keep zooming, you cut to the text, and you keep zooming, and finally you get to like you know the shoulder wound or something. Yeah, yeah. the official prison okay. report would be like that opening scene of Singing in the Rain when he's telling his story. Yes, <laughs> yeah. dignity, the dignity, oh, yes. always dignity. dignity, always dignity. Right. Uh, like the, the the guards put up a valiant fight, and there's a shot of like three guards running away. <laughs> what, if, what if the entire thing is just the official report oh yeah with the with the with, with the images quotes. yeah with the images oh you know, like it or okay. something Ooh, yeah yeah this is why we brainstorm because okay. <laughs> we work our way to where we need to be yeah i'm okay this actually sounds like kind of a fun <laughs> short film project that like, doesn't really like it doesn't require any vocal performance or no mm-hmm. microphones it just requires uh, a lot of set pieces <laughs> It, well, yeah, it, it requires some some photographs of set pieces. Yeah, good costuming and set. Yeah, but just for photographs, mm-hmm. and then and then some like, people that a, do a the text reenact. editor. Like this, really sounds like something you could see on a sketch comedy show, or like just as a viral short online. Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. and photographs that that somehow have a a punchline or something you can set up because you have to be able to like yeah, rest on the thing at the end across. Yeah, and then to to the funny bit mm-hmm. where it's in contrast to. Um, the actual text that you're reading, right? Um, so, you, or or even if it's not inherently funny, you have to set it up so that whatever it shows is incongruous. You yes. know, because mm-hmm. I just don't know how many funny daguerreotypes there are. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay. I scanned a lot of daguerreotypes okay. for your job once. <laughs> and there's some unexpected things you come across in daguerreotypes. That's fair. Um, for, for a job at my institution? Yes, yes. Okay. I think I think we got somewhere with that. I am really surprised that we got somewhere using yeah, Ken Burns yeah. and silent film action. Mm-hmm. When you I, first we kind of made it, it a little comedic. Yeah. But, but I think okay. it's still okay. That's okay. When Kirsten drew it, I thought this one's going to be a scratch. We're just right. going to say, Andrew, edit this whole sequence <laughs> right. out. This but but this got somewhere. All Students right. out there, make a student film. Yeah. <laughs> do you want, does Joe want to turn? Sure. Joseph, sure. Do you want to draw? And there'll be, oh, I can just say whatever I want because you guys, well, I won't show you the scraps of paper. So. <laughs> I know what's on them. All right. <laughs> I wrote Oh, I am happy for this one. Anime series is okay. what we're working from. And we had a lot of fun doing an anime yes. special a little while ago. <laughs> and, our, and so our, Disney style, meaning I was thinking. This just says early, Disney. Early Walt Disney. Early Walt Disney oh. style. But, so Walt Disney himself, when but, he had a heavy hand. Yeah. So and like Snow could, White era, yeah, anime Snow series. White pretty much up through Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. was the heaviest um, involvement. He had. So I mean, we're either going to have talking animals or a fairy tale adaptation. Which way do you yes. want to go? Right? I mean, that, that that when I think of classic Disney, that's yeah. those are um, two. So for yeah, so so we've got like yeah, Snow White, Bambi, Dumbo, um, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. It's tricky because. Because anime already does fairy tales yeah, a lot. So, so this is kind of like too convenient a match, except mm-hmm. it's difficult to balance out yeah. without going one way or the other mm-hmm. um, too, too fully. So do we want to pick like, okay, it's anime style, but it's an adaptation of a fairy tale Disney style or adaptation of a book anyway, because um, all of his early ones were adaptations of some kind. Yeah. Um, I'm really struggling with this. <laughs> Ironic, ironic that this is going to be our scratch. <laughs> yeah. we, we made it with Ken Burns and silent mm-hmm. action film. Mm-hmm. Like, like Disney, Disney, and anime. Disney and animation. Come on, that's. Uh, I mean, so we could send some of his iconic Disney characters onto an anime style quest. Mm-hmm. Or okay, so what if we do this? What if we take like um, uh, pick a pick a pick a Disney an early Disney film like like Cinderella. Cinderella. Okay, so we take Cinderella, and now we're going to keep the same style of animation, but we're going to make it like um, one of those crazy anime scenarios. Mm-hmm. So Cinderella doesn't live in a, in, a, in a peaceful hamlet with a castle. She lives on a... Uh, a on planet, like an asteroid. A <laughs> half-destroyed planet. Yeah. Uh, where they use, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe she's enslaved. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, so her we're, legs, we're doing... maybe her legs turn into fighter planes. <laughs> um, now, hold on, Todd. When you say half destroyed, I just want the image, like the right mental image. Are we talking about like equatorially, the southern half is a burned husk and the top half is lush and green? Or are we talking it like a, it's it an is, orb it and there's a, a chunk of it missing despite the laws of physics? It like, is. A, it, it yeah. is don't... Well, if you because have been following uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as closely as I have, you would know that this is not as crazy as it sounds. But actually, um, in the, the entire fifth season, the Earth is blown in half, and there's only half of an Earth. Actually, there's about a Wait, third of an Earth. I have not been following Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at, at all. all. It I is know, There must be time amazing. travel or something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's a, okay, it's a destroyed so, planet. So there's, so out in space, there's like this huge debris field and then mm-hmm. there's just the, you know, one part of the planet that's still there. Okay. And 
And so, uh, so we've so got Cinderella. Cinderella in space. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's get okay, some of this you, other stuff. And you let's know get, like, how, like, you know how in anime, when characters are like angry at each other or fighting, you have like the lines in the background of their face. What if it's not lines? What if it's like birds flying past, <laughs> <laughs> like your little friends? Uh, yes, they just yeah, forest woodland past. creatures. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. And well, no, she has the woodland creatures. Other characters have harsher things that right, fly by. Right, in but the for background. her, it's always woodland creatures. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so like for the for the evil Actually, stepmother, can, what would be behind her in her close up shots of her talking? Or what can we? Maybe we can take like the the friendly creatures and like do a bunch of anime tropes with them, and it's just like little friendly mouse and bird. One versions. of them's a cyborg. Cyborg. One of them's a cyborg. <laughs> okay. Um. So so cyborg bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mice, like there's, we have to do something with all of these mice. Are they just oh, regular? Mi- mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay. So instead of no, they're they're all robots. Well, <laughs> they're and, robot and, mice. And instead of a fairy godmother, it's a fairy mad scientist mother mm-hmm. that <laughs> has gives her gives her these robot mice that can become horses. Don't worry about masks. <laughs> right, uh, right. It's a transformer. It's a transformer. Okay, mouse. and actually, actually, the Cinderella transformation sequence. This can be very consistent with anime like Sailor Moon. Like anime oh, transformation yeah, yeah, yeah. sequences yeah. is definitely a thing. But now it's done instead of Cinderella style with the with the lights and the sparkles, mm-hmm. it's anime style with well, still lights and sparkles, but like <laughs> changing background images and well like, and like their silhouette flashes white. <laughs> and what if she can just choose to change back and forth at will? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then she like 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 she like for, she has different things that after, she has to get after done. After she gets the power, right, right. After after her fairy god evil mad scientist, mad scientist mm-hmm. gives her the power, then she can change. It. Like you know, it's like it's it's Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um. And then and then we also have like well, technology ask, anime because they're they're mech mice that turn into yes, horses yes. and a mech carriage. But but there will have to be the or what if some what limitation if, for midnight, right? What if the mice? What if the um. What if the what if the mice have to like have to like drive the horses, operate the horses from inside the horses' skulls? So have to like climb up so, into the horse so and then it's, do it's the a, like it's a yeah a piloting situation rather than right. a transforming situation. Right. Okay. Yes, okay. and maybe the, maybe the mice are just mice, but maybe the horses are mechanical. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what if what if instead of the um just the stroke of midnight, mm-hmm. what if there's what if there's an eclipse? But since we only have half of a planet. It's only a half of an eclipse. And okay. well, wait, what's causing it? I'm not following. Oh, so, so it's the, the other shadow- half, the shattered half of the planet is making the eclipse. Is that? Wait a second. How does an eclipse work? <laughs> an object between the planet and the sun, Todd. So I wasn't. <laughs> the eclipse is the shadow of an object that's between Earth. Well, it's not. And- well, yeah, it, it's, yeah, or, yeah, or it's like um, it's like a lunar eclipse. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, lunar so eclipse. the shadow of this half planet shining onto the moon with the sun on the opposite. I just side want the, the visual so the of the half planet wait, wait, wait. shadow so, on the moon. So, so, so when we have a lunar eclipse, eclipse on the moon, yeah. So it's a eclipse. Right. Cinderella on the moon? No, Cinderella's on the planet. <laughs> when, the mo- <laughs> when the moon, oh, but the moon, experiences the moon's going to half disappear because of the because of the the half eclipse. Okay, okay, yeah, and that. There's okay. something. There has to be something about that that either so makes lunar, this start right. or stop. Solar, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so she only has they... the power until that happens, and then her, and then she loses her power, or she gets her power because of this thing happening. Um. I mean, we've gotten more mech. So is there a battery situation? <laughs> is there something going on? <laughs> um. 
Yeah, or, I mean, I there has she... to be, uh, there's something scientific about, I mean, my goodness, we have half a planet. Yeah. There has to be doing crazy a, things to... A lot of hard science right I think. Now. Well, I think she power needs to lose, I think she needs to lose the power, because that's, yeah. that's, that's in line with Cinderella. Except for the magic something. We could go with a slipper, but that doesn't, that seems lazy at this point. Fiber optic <laughs> shoe. Um... <laughs> Uh, her leg something? just could turn into something, or no, her leg could just fall off. It could just be her cybernetic leg, just <laughs> the lower half of it <laughs> falls off. And so now the prince is looking for every one-legged woman in the in the in the kingdom. <laughs> but because of the tragedy, there's a lot of one-legged women <laughs> in this kingdom, right? You know, when when well, half the planet goes, yeah, they're like the cybernetic. He's <laughs> like testing this prosthetic leg. On really, all these really went up after after whatever happened to this. Planet. But it's it's not um it's not an issue of just like. It's not like he's holding up the prosthetic leg to women. It's that it's like keyed into your like nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to operate correctly with the wrong person. <laughs> so there's a sequence of him like putting on one woman and it just kicks him in the face. Cause it's not <laughs> it's like, no, nope, that's not cheating. And another woman. And it like breaks apart into 20 pieces and they're like, re- re- <laughs> they like Whoa, that, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. But they know when they get to the right person because of the way the cybernetics work, um, it'll, it'll just, function correctly yeah just because cybernetics i like yeah. that. what if her cybernetics are somehow solar powered or lunar powered and as that's a backup? why it fell off so when so if there's a half lunar eclipse there's not enough power at all mm-hmm. oh and uh she's she's trying to run away for some reason maybe like some larger threat to her life mm-hmm. she's trying to run away and the cybernetics stops working so she just detaches it and that's why it gets left behind because mm-hmm. she can't drag it it's too heavy for her to just drag it. or what if yeah. the moon is also a half moon yeah like whatever took out the earth yeah yeah, yeah. The moon first. yeah and it's like a crescent, but it really is a crescent. <laughs> and then, and then we can okay, have a regular. Actually, I've seen that in in an anime film <laughs> where the moon was partially destroyed, and and so there's a certain percentage. And of then it we that can have detached. a regular eclipse, and then it can block the sun, which mm-hmm. would make a much bigger difference in terms of of light. And like 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 her battery's running low anyway, and there's mm-hmm. eclipse, and she can't recharge. Uh, right, and then so she has to leave the light mm-hmm. behind, um, and then. And the horses okay, stay behind. But, but also, we do need the awesome action sequence of her fighting off whatever the threat to her life was with mm-hmm. no leg. And, like, she's that competent. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you course. get the anime uh, action fight. Yeah, so we won't, we don't even need to worry about that. Yeah, that's, no. that, that uh, goes without saying. I'm sorry I said it, these are her okay. ste- <laughs> These are her stepsisters that she's fighting off, right? Her, oh, yes, her yes, wicked exactly. mech uh, stepsisters. <laughs> and stepmother. That's the big boss at the end. Like, she gets mm-hmm. through yeah. the stepsisters and then starts to fight the stepmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is a woman sitting inside of a giant, like, Pacific Rim suit? <laughs> also, the, in, in the original Cinderella, the stepmother's hair, I always thought was really weird, so her mm-hmm. head should split open somehow, and, like, <laughs> something should come out of it. For, for the mech suit, not, yeah, 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 not yeah. the stepmother herself. I don't, maybe. maybe I don't I, know. I, I don't think that's out of the realm. Yeah, that's, the mech, that's pushing the Disney <laughs> side of it, but very much in the anime side. Uh, okay, I feel okay. like we've come pretty far here. We just need a title. Uh, so, are you, are you pushing right. for a crazy anime title uh, talk? Yeah, of course. Are you, are you <laughs> want us all to think of one word that we'll, we'll then say and add, you know, put it together into an anime title? You read my mind. Okay, so everyone think of a word. Doesn't matter if it's a noun or adjective. Okay, or doesn't hyphenated. Even, doesn't even have to be Cinderella-centric. <laughs> okay. Um, what order are we going in? Uh, okay, this will be a moment you have to edit out because we all also have to think. Uh, so when we come I have, back, I have mine. Oh, I don't have. Oh, mine. I have mine too. Oh, stop it, guys! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, when we come back, it's going to go Andrew, Todd, Kirsten, and me, and then we'll, but then we may reorder it as, as needed. Okay. So give me a second to think of the mm-hmm. right anime title word. So it's me, then Todd. Then me, then mm-hmm. Joe. Okay. Ash Girl. Sword Socket. Cucumber. Visigoth. I think I think that works. <laughs> I mean, we need to give everything like a little sheen of Visigoth, but mm-hmm. but yeah, okay, we're somewhere. All right. <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, Joseph, do you want to pick again, or uh... Uh, Andrew? Why don't you go ahead and draw? All right. <laughs> I, it's just interesting to me that no matter what we draw, there's a, always the moment of that's not going to work, guys. <laughs> I have selected uh, Alfred Hitchcock documentary. So close to the namesake <laughs> of the show. Ah, interesting. So that's to be like a thriller documentary. So this is this would be. I, I feel like we'd be entering the modern era of true crime documentaries. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and. Or what if people are trying to shoot a documentary and something creepy and Alfred Hitchcocky keeps happening? So it's documentary centric, but we're not seeing an actual documentary in the end. Or we're seeing, or it's like a found footage documentary. (laughs) It's like a documentary and people get attacked by the birds or whatever. Okay, what kind of documentary do you think Alfred Hitchcock would make? Well, okay. So, is is when we think of a Hitchcock film, let's talk through what mm-hmm. a Hitchcock film is going to involve. Suspense, like yeah. There's suspense, psychological mm-hmm. terror, more than physical terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like the the closest you get to a supernatural terror in him is Birds, where mm-hmm. it's like, what are the birds doing? Like, mm-hmm. why are they doing this thing? But it's not really. Um, so more again, like more of a true crime kind of feel. Yeah, like ma- making a documentary drives someone mad somehow. Yeah, I feel like you could do something like Blair Witch, but not exactly like Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like we're gonna make this video about this thing, and then it turns out that the thing that we were doing is super scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a reason we're not supposed to talk about this thing that we're talking about. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, it would be a, it would be an investigative. I mean, the the, the other thing with um with Hitchcock is it's like. The everyman. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about North by North, quote unquote, everyman who gets thrown into a situation that's sort of beyond him or beyond what he expected. And then he has to figure out a way to to get out of it. So I I guess my question is still, are we are we going to end up and this is just us working within the parameters of this game? Are are we going to end up with a like a, a straight up documentary in the end? Or are we doing this kind of like behind the scenes documentary situation or well what would alfred hitchcock want to document to me i when i think of that it would be um all the stories that you find on the lore podcast that is kind of the subject matter (laughs) it would be not necessarily like an investigative documentary but like here is um you know all of the information in the best way we can lay it out as a documentary about or a topic. Or what if they were trying to do a documentary on a very innocuous topic and then it kept turning into something creepier and creepier and, and stranger mm. and stranger as they They peeled the layers of the artichoke. Right. Off. Right. But I feel like that's using docu- documentary but really just doing creepy story. And I'm I'm thinking should it be more like Alfred Hitchcock is actually trying to document this thing. Mm-hmm. Not that it gets creepy because Alfred Hitchcock is doing it, but he chose a creepy subject. Yeah. 
But don't his but don't his movies usually start out with like nothing's wrong? Uh, yeah, and then it's the spiral. Right. <laughs> so he has to document something that seems ordinary, mm-hmm. but as you dig in, it's going to reveal itself to mm-hmm. be um terrifying. <laughs> This is not because what we're talking about, but I just uh, discovered something that seems ordinary <laughs> that turns out to be a little like, ooh, do you know where red food coloring mostly comes from? Snails. It's uh, it's the, the beetle carcasses. Oh. Ground up beetle carcasses is most red food coloring. Okay. And red cosmetics as well. Interesting. Okay. I, again, not quite what we're looking for, but just like there's, the but I start's like, normal and you and you find out it's weird. Um, that, that's what there's a there's a it starts out as a how it's made about red food coloring <laughs> and makeup <laughs> and it ends in beetle carcasses of the boiling of the beetles to make sure there's nothing alive. <laughs> there's a um there's a Nova documentary about it's about um fire investigators and how they and how like like people who are investigating arson figure out who it was and what they did and stuff and like as part of the documentary they're interviewing like firefighters and investigators and volunteer firefighters and then as the documentary progresses um one of the things that comes up is that like sometimes firefighters also end up being arsonists because they just kind of like fire and then and then like they find these clues that that lead them because the fires had all been in one part of southern california but then there's like something with the same mo that ends up in central california and there was a firefighter like convention that day in that place or something and so like it's really they think that all the people went up there and then the the best place to start a fire Right. The firefighter <laughs> anyway and so then they go through and they had like a partial print and then they went through and like ran the prints again based on everyone who's in their fire department and realized it was one of their volunteer firefighters who was doing it and then and then they actually at the very end there's one of the talking heads they've had was a volunteer firefighter and at the very end they pan out and he's in prison and they've and been he's the one and they've been interviewing okay, him in sounds... prison the whole time <laughs> oh, that, does feel that, that sounds like they've already made it <laughs> yeah. i don't know if we can beat that yeah oh Way to bring the A game. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> with I, I do love my Nova documentaries. Ooh, that, that, oh, that the, image the of the slow pan out. pan out to realize that he's in jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's one of my favorite episodes of Nova. <laughs> okay, I don't know if we're gonna beat that though. Or I, there's the um, what the, uh, I never saw it, but there's the HBO documentary where um, it was about. Uh, I, I don't want to like say anything wrong about mm-hmm. it, but it was about a person that was suspected of some crimes mm-hmm. and then, but they were doing the documentary about him, but like he's presumed innocent because they were never able to pin anything on him, but they had him as part of the documentary mm-hmm. and they caught him on a live mic in between, in between takes, like oh. saying something that reopened the case. And he like the end of the documentary was him being arrested because of what they got him saying on a live mic. When, I did. I he haven't heard he of this. Private. Yeah. Um, and, and so like the, the, I mean, the act of making the documentary became part of the story. <laughs> you know, oh my of, gosh! Of oh my gosh! I feel like in those circumstances, they have to question whether they're allowed to release the documentary. <laughs> they're like, yes, we, yeah. Like, can we now that we're part of it? Can we still tell the story? Or do we have to like, yeah, couch it within something else and be like, well, this is the story of the documentary that broke the case of <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Hitchcock and uh, again, I, I from the very beginning, I kind of said true crime documentary. Mm-hmm. I know my favorite Hitchcock film is called Rope, uh, and it's about um, these two college students who, because of a philosophy lecture that they have about kind of like people who deserve to live and those who don't, <laughs> this idea they kill someone and they feel justified because of this philosophy lecture they've had, that they've had, um, and then the entire movie is like in their apartment as there's a dead body there, but they've invited a dinner party over and like the tension of like, when will the body be discovered is the whole thing that this built on. But that was based on a Broadway play that was based on a real life story 
of. So, so Hitchcock could do a documentary about that story. Yes. That real life story. Okay. I really like this idea of, um, starting, I mean, we all know that Hitch, if if Hitchcock does it, then in the end it will be, you know, there'll be some crazy reveal, but I love the idea of like the firefighter arson thing mm-hmm. where it starts out and it looks like it's just a regular sort of, um, documentary about some innocuous thing. And it turns out to be totally nefarious. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that could be, but, uh, but that's where, that's the direction I would go with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to find like that subject, right? Without knowing it inherently, but boy, did Nova find it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nova, Nova really nailed this one. It's true. We like to thank Nova for playing this round. <laughs> yes. Okay, really. I, think, you... I think we can call this one. We didn't quite crack it as well as the first two, mm-hmm. but I, I think I need to go find that Nova documentary that Kirsta was talking about. All right, let's do one more, and Kirsta, you get to pick the the final scenario. So exciting! Okay. We have J.K. Rowling Western. Okay. <gasps> Cowboy magic. <laughs> well, I mean, she's written non-magic. She's written the detective stories. Mm-hmm. Although when you think I, of J.K. Rowling's style, I feel you, like that's you, Harry you, Potter. Yeah, I think what we're really focusing in on is the Harry Potter young adult mm-hmm. um, fantasy, but in this case, young adult Western. So is this just, is this just what fantasy was like in the frontier West and, and, and with like wizards and muggles and I feel like that's putting too much of one of her okay. stories into it. I would say let's make it Western, but maybe make it young adult. Like, I don't know if it's school focused, mm-hmm. but you know, um, <laughs> the old West farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what a change from Hogwarts! <laughs> yeah, um, one room schoolhouse. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we want. To, I mean, it's possible we could pull magic into it, mm-hmm. but I think it would be, you know, about young people working against the odds, and the adults don't believe them ever, despite their track record. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I. I mean, a lot of it is world building. Like mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I, that's one thing that I think everyone loves about J.K. Rowling is is the world building that that happens there. Does yeah, it so, have to so be you're gonna magical to... world building, or would it be? I I don't know. Or but just this might be this might be a little too on the nose. But I'm imagining like, and this is this is going to be like very stereotypical, but <laughs> it's a western. So, uh, but um, so there's a kid. He's growing up on the frontier with his like mean. Uh, frontier family mm-hmm. and then it turns out that he's really like half native american and so they come and they take him away and he spends the year uh with them like in the forest doing magical things and then he has to go back every summer and be with his horrible people like churning <laughs> butter and stuff without the aid of magic right like, oh, why don't we why don't we share this magic with the world so that life can be easier? So right. well they they you know killed us and took our land. <laughs> so, so we don't we don't share with them. I another way another way to approach it that I that may not be 
compatible with this one so we'll kind of have to decide which way to go but you know so you have that you have the like traditional school the, the school setting the boarding school kind mm-hmm. of fantasy but in a western often you have like the person coming in who's new to the town and so what if you have someone coming in on the train um which you know hogwarts there's a train <laughs> yeah, or, or the stage yeah, yeah and and it's like and 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 it's the new i mean and then I'm thinking of an adult coming in, so but then maybe you lose the YA element. But someone coming in on the train or on the stagecoach, and it's like, and it's like someone who's slightly more gentrified or or maybe significantly more gentrified than the town is, and maybe it's like prim and proper city so, East Coast magic, and then like and then like Western rough, you know, rough cowboy here. magic. Yeah, yeah. Kind of trying to trying to, mm-hmm. but we're so, keeping so magic you, as a mm-hmm. as a key element, right? I feel like I it's like- hard to say it's J.K. Rowling without the magic. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that um, instead of, you know, just mean, non-magical family to magic school mm-hmm. awesomeness, I like that it's bringing in the cultural element yes. of like the gentrification. So it's like, this is an upper class person, right. but they are going out west because right. they now own a bunch of land. I guess this is like magic plus Dr. Quinn medicine woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I like that the cultural shock is not non-magic to magic uh, it's, no it's different kinds it's of magic east to mm-hmm. west mm-hmm. It, it's it's like american and, east and um and, old, and high culture old school and, yeah to um, and and wealth mm-hmm. to rugged frontier mm-hmm. um as the as the culture shock yeah whatever happens i want this to take place in the same town where the vampire and the who was it <laughs> <laughs> the vampire and school teacher thing. yeah the vampire <laughs> and the school teacher thing <laughs> i want it to be was, the same was that in our last halloween special i think yes. so I, I think that was our closing yeah i just listened to that again today to refresh <laughs> this whole idea yeah that's the the same sort of uh magical area mm-hmm. yeah okay. I, I mean so often with the the west i mean if we're gonna talk about some of the the associations we have with the west there's the outsider who's both yeah, like master of it, but still outside. Yeah, ma- master of the, the of the frontier, uh, but protector of civilization, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the situation that you get um, with that. So, so is, is this the, it, like the introduction of more civilization to the West? Like the train is relatively mm-hmm. new, mm-hmm. and so more wealthy people are coming out to the West and and bringing more quickly the culture and society mm-hmm. and um, so- and class. To the west, and, and who's the protagonist of this story? That's what I was yeah. about to say. Is it the person coming from the east that has like expectations for what polite society is, or is it uh, the you know the rugged uh, frontiersman who has never been part of society, but now society's is, is finally now, caught up to him? Is now experiencing her, yeah, like yeah. a more formal school system that they're inviting more Ooh. of the the rugged western people into. What if we gender flip it, and what if it's this like? this like fancy snobby east coast guy coming uh-huh. in a and then there's a like a and there's like a cowgirl who mm-hmm. like like after her father died she had to take over the the, the farm yeah, or so the ranch at, or something she's good yeah at all the rugged yeah. things horseback riding right. and, and wrangling right and lassoing and and they have to team up for whatever existential threat to the city exists mm-hmm. okay except in harry potter there really isn't very much of it like like a lot of it's just like day-to-day you know people are teasing me kind of stuff until until the very end like you get the yeah. big thread at the end but a lot of us just like i have to i have to figure out how this put my potions yeah, homework and all this school. stuff yeah and then, and then this last week voldemort's about to get the philosopher's mm-hmm. stone mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah yeah and it sorry no, i i feel like the like the gentrified guy coming in on the train and meeting the cowgirl is mm-hmm. like a um it's a hallmark movie that's <laughs> All already maybe been made. I don't know. That's I mean, true. Like, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and Does I and feel I, really hallmark to you. Yeah, no, but maybe make it a little more 
like classic Western. Mm-hmm. Hallmark seems like it'd be a soft Western. <laughs> so, so more like actual shooting of people. Although in fairness, having cataloged a lot of romance fiction, every scenario you can think of is already a romance <laughs> novel. <laughs> Not just a romance novel, but like an entire line of romance mm-hmm. novels where everything happens you know it, it's not just well, it's not just western romance novel it's western cowgirl meets rich city guy in kansas romance novel in kansas <laughs> um and fights vampires and fights vampires yeah okay so do we want to like lay it in with like there's a voldemort type threat or is it just like for you know 85 percent of the book or, or I story. Think, I think there needs to be some big underlying threat. So, so eighty-five yeah. percent of the time, it's these two are from different worlds, and mm-hmm. they have to like deal with the changing landscape that they're living mm-hmm. in, where the West is getting more, more classy and less rugged. But this and this maybe, guy is coming from the classy, and he has to become more rugged. Maybe in this he, maybe his it's family not, like owns the owns the land that she's grazing yeah. on, or something, or mm-hmm. and and so his family sent him out to kind of learn that learn the family business or, or figure out what age are we dealing with so I, it sounds like you're dealing with like an adult yeah so yeah i, I was still thinking like school age you could do that we could um, do that that would work you know so his family's moving out it's like we have a bunch of land but now the okay. train's here so we okay. can go out and like survey our land and yeah. build on it and everything and we wouldn't have done that without the train yeah and she's losing the west because the mm-hmm. train's coming out Ooh. but he has to become more rugged very because poignant. they've now yeah moved to a rugged environment so he's losing his his classiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost think with the, the idea of like mixing magic in the old West, maybe the threat isn't necessarily like a villain who wants to tear everything down, but it's like magic where the, you know, Europeanized cities exist is very contained mm-hmm. like, and it's understood. Mm-hmm. And here and it's Western raw and is. wild mm-hmm. and it's, and there's a lot of it mm-hmm. and it's uncontrolled. Mm-hmm. And so part of like the settling of the West is actually like containing the magic that, that is out there. Right. Well, and then you, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Supernatural, but you get into like themes of like iron is controlling over magic, you know? And so like the railroad is oh, literally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like they lay out railroads to wow. literally contain inside pens mm-hmm. of iron. Yeah. And so the railroad, it's, it's almost like, like magnetism or something where like now the magic doesn't work. And now that you have the railroads in the mm-hmm. middle of the town, like magic works differently in the town and it doesn't, you know, Can we do something. I mean, We've all spent time in Utah. So like the actual golden <laughs> spike point where the mm-hmm. railroads join, we do something with that. like the golden spike um, event is going to like severely damage the magic of the West or, or seal it somehow. Yeah. Or... And so they're gonna g- give these people more control over it. all. Yeah. So, so like it's actually wrapped around that historical moment, but I don't know if that, because like that definitely happens. What if the magic so... is actually related to borders or something like 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 different like like once you plot a line and have like a territory mm-hmm. that has a border it changes the magic and it makes it more eastern and like the western magic doesn't like, work it as starts well to take on the nature of the like the dominant populace or yeah or, or there's like a certain kind of magic that works in a very contained situation there's a certain kind of magic that only works when it's like free and wild. wild and so like when you have the two railroads coming together that's like mm-hmm. really really going to affect things and it's so joining these two it, people together. each have experience with these things mm-hmm. and now they're in the environment where like things are changing mm-hmm. and the eastern magic you know the east coast magic doesn't quite work yet yeah it doesn't mm-hmm. work the same because it's not as contained and the west coast magic doesn't work the way it used to because right. now it is contained right and maybe there's some and kind so of th- those two people working together like it kind of resolve it. And so or, it's or actually, help. yeah, it's actually really dangerous right when the train comes in for Western towns, because that's when both magics are kind of at the lowest point because mm-hmm. the, because the Eastern magic hasn't been built up enough yet. And the Western the magic, magic is, is kind losing, of low. Yeah. And there's some, and there could even be some sort of mm-hmm. like, 
you know, old creature or something that's awakened by the golden spike yeah. or something, or doesn't like gold. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, I'm finding some fun in this. I, like this. Yeah. I think we're getting somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we haven't like nailed it down. I assume we're dealing with like a novel because J.K. Rowling mm-hmm, style sure. more than a movie. Well, she writes screenplays now. That's what true. And I'm still stuck on I'm still stuck on Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, so I'm still seeing all of that. <laughs> but I, I it like, is a touchstone for understanding the West. <laughs> is Doctor Quinn? I like the way that magic's been integrated to a, a typical Western in this case. And of course, we always have to have a Scarlet Pimpernel reference every time I'm on. So <laughs> Jane Seymour. Yes. <laughs> It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I like this. I think we've gotten somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing we did is kind of do some of the world building yeah. for mm-hmm. this environment, which is the J.K. Rowlingist thing to do. And we have place. lots of moments of like them kind of making fun of each other's magical styles. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you can't, you know, like, like, um, his magic, a lot of it is is like he can magically tie a cravat and he can magically, you know, do all this stuff. And she's like, "That's ridiculous," you know. Why, why but then, do you need like, magic to get dressed. Yeah, but then, but then, like they, you know, they have like a like a fancy party or something, and she can't get her boots on because it's the it's the shoes that have like twenty buttons on it or something. And she's like, "Why can't you do that?" And then, you know, then something else happens, and and she has to like, you know, go Talk rescue a. Yeah, or, or go rescue a lost steer or something and figure mm-hmm. out where it is to bring it back. And um, Yeah, and so they end up helping each other and each of them are bringing skills to mm-hmm. the, the situation that become useful. Yeah. I like it. Buttoning, buttoning magic would be very useful <laughs> in that time period. <laughs> so many buttons, no zippers. Right. <laughs> okay, any, any further notes on this one? Uh, no. We never named any characters. Do we want to try and make up J.K. Rowling esque names for um... an old timey reference that once you realize it reveals everything about that character? That's yeah. what we're looking like, what for. What is what is the the Latin? What is of... yes or the serious? Yeah, um, the East Coast serious. Um, oh gosh! Though at the same time. Protagonist named Harry Potter, not as revealing as all of the side characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, but it's, it's sort of like the but that's the ordinary person yeah, who becomes uh, extraordinary. Um, yeah. yeah, so he has to have an he has to have an upper co- an up, upper class name. Archibald. Excellent, mm-hmm. Archibald, and she has to have like a free Southern or Western name. Rose. What if? Ro- <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Archibald and Rose. Archibald to du- Turducken. That's <laughs> God, <awesome. my> gosh. <laughs> Because he has layers, guys. You're going to find he's out. Got, he's got layers that you're going to learn about. <laughs> there, there's internal levels that you're not familiar with. Okay. Well, you, what's think, the- you think that he's just this turkey on the outside. But when you really get inside, you'll find out that he's a chicken. Oh, man. Side note, I do currently have a story I'm writing with Turducken as a last name. That's why that one came so readily to me. But- wow. <laughs> Does she need a last name? Or is that how rugged they are? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's going to be something like really plain by by contrast. So like Rose, um, what's this? Something natural like yeah. pine no, something. It's something or... natural but Latin. <laughs> it's what we're, we're going for. <laughs> Rose. <laughs> Tierra. I don't know if that's really Latin for, for Earth, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, or like, what's Latin for, like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good last name. You're going to exceed my Latin knowledge <laughs> very quickly. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm just trying to think the of adjectives. The moment you say what's like, Latin for, you're probably like, getting like, into the deep end of my Well, I'm thinking like a river or a stream or something, and that's fluvial, but that's not a good sounding last name. Um, Let me just pull up a Latin translator real quick, and we'll start throwing out some yeah. good words and find the one that both sounds right, and you don't realize immediately that has right. a double meaning. Right. Um, Air is Kylie? Kylie? I don't Kylie. think that's right. How dare Google Translate? Let me down. <laughs> um, oh, what if it, what about like. A lot of this can get edited out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we need all these awkward this, pauses. This is not audio gold. What about like. Um, at the <laughs> so you oh, got yeah. uh, Ventus would be wind. wind. Or yeah. what about like, um, like, like uh, elements that have Latin names? So like Auric or Argent or. Ferris. Oh, Iron would be a good last name, but Ferris doesn't quite work. Ferric. Um, lead. But those all seem like industrial to me. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, so many of the words I look up are just with an E-um at the end. <laughs> I, like Rose, off a lot. I like Rose Ventus. V-E-N-T-U-S. Okay. Ventus. I think that works. Yeah. yeah. All right. Rose Ventus. Mm-hmm. And, and Archibald, Archibald Turducken. Turducken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's that's our picks for tonight, I think. I don't think mm-hmm. we've got time for another one. Yes. Well, thank you, Kirsta, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us. For show notes and links to all of the other great Dueling Genre shows, go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. And one more time, thank Kirsta for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out episode number 129 when we played a game called Movie Pitches or episode number 150, which was last year's Halloween special, which has a very similar vibe to what we did today. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod, at Todd K. Mack, at Jay Dorowski. Our producer, Andrew, is at Dismanit. And Kirster, you're at... BYU BYU underscore librarian. I was going to forget the underscore. So I'm glad you jumped in there (laughs) at BYU underscore librarian. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. We enjoy the conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to stop by and say hello or add any comments to this episode. You could tell us who we should cast in some of these, for example. If you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thanks again for listening. And we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Bye-bye. No, Latin. Oh, is it's it? Latin to English. Oh, you sorry. need it English to Latin. You can just, there's like a reverse button. Nope. Oh, got a stony in there. <laughs> English. Uh, no, why are you still, still on a stony? <laughs> you, you're.